and I just shake my head like, how have we just gone to these old white men to, to tell us everything about the body? They don't know shit <laughs> about a woman's body and a vagina and just the consciousness of the human. Yes, yes, yes. If they knew so, if they knew so much, they would not be in a constant state of destruction and devastation. It just wouldn't be so. This is a space for, but never limited to, people of color. We're discussing sacred plant medicine, pregnancy, parenthood, and more. You know, there's such a stigma on who can open the floor for conversation on these topics that are viewed as taboo or even inappropriate. This fact alone has made so many become fearful of the very thing that could help us rebuild families, create our own businesses, and most importantly, trust our role in this world as future ancestors. So wherever you are, take a cleansing breath and do your best to listen with an open mind, heart, and spirit, and let love lead the way. I'm your host, Taylor. Welcome again to the Tailored Healing Collective podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of hosting Omalewa. She asked me to be on her podcast not too long ago, and I got to share my story with her, and I was so excited to be able to speak with someone who is not only a holistic doula, but is also a psilocybin a spiritual consultant, an herbalist, and also a mother. So it was really a joy to speak with her. So I had to have her on this podcast to speak to some new listeners so they can hear all the wisdom she has to share. So Omalewa, welcome to the Taylor Healing Collective podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you again. <laughs> of course. So I know I gave you a little bit of an introduction, but could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, I um, overall, I'm, I'm a light worker, you know, um, shadow worker as well, but just filling in the gaps. You know, I've been a massage therapist for around 18 plus years. Um, a birth worker from being a doula and then midwife's assistant and then merging into psilocybin work. So doing consulting with families, facilitating sacred ceremonies with individuals and couples and elders, you know, so that all of it is kind of a threefold ministry just came to my spirit. I don't know why, but it's a bit of a, a three, threefold ministry. Of course. And may I ask, what brought you to being a birth worker? 
my own birth experiences, you know, well, well, consciously, you know, sometimes we're chosen to do this work. I am chosen to do it, you know, um, so based on my birth experiences, you know, as I've said before, I have two cesareans with both of my girls, 19 and 10, and just lacking everything from education to support to herbal remedies, knowledge of breastfeeding. Like I've never even seen anyone breastfeed before growing up. So based on my experiences and also it, it, you know, it was uh, um, multiple things at one time from cultivating the land and learning about God through that, you know, my own perception of God through farming and being pregnant during that time with my youngest child and just wanting to be a better woman and also just wanting to understand more of what was going on in my community. During that time, I was living in Detroit. So just seeing a big disconnect with individuals and families and just wanting to be more. So that's kind of how birth work came to me. You know, I didn't so much go to it. So just also, again, filling in those gaps of where I didn't have proper support and education and hands-on support and affirmations and encouragement. So I became that for my community. Wow. And... I know you must have touched so many people. So with your own story and having a C-section, I can imagine how that must have been. And I've had one too. And it is, I don't even want to go into the word traumatic, but I will say it is a challenge to get through, getting through a C-section, not only the, the physical part of it and the aspect of it, but also the emotional. Uh, so going through that, is that what led you to working with psilocybin or how did you get into that? Well, one thing that I can say is, you know, you mentioned the word traumatic and trauma and even like with me supporting other families based on your level of consciousness. Sometimes you don't know you've experienced a traumatic birth, right? Yes. A lot of it is subconscious. So once I began to do more work with the psilocybin to, you know, experience deeper levels of myself and do the healing and just open myself up to the universe to say, okay, assist me in cleansing whatever is going on or things that need to come up to make me a better woman um, on my path. And in that, I was able to see how those cesareans were affecting me subconsciously and consciously. Yes, and with that, so you have uh, a daughter, two daughters, correct? Yes. Yeah, so with their being a mother to two daughters, I can only imagine the feeling you must have had connecting with not only the feminine aspect of bringing a child into this world, but in connecting with psilocybin on healing journey with that. So I'm curious with your two daughters and you know, now seeing them get older and raise them. And now that you have realized that you did experience trauma, do you believe that it's going to help strengthen the bond that you have with them as they get older? Um, I'd say yes, because, you know, in that self-exploration work, you become a better person, you know? 
but we're also all human. So I'm still learning. I'm still gaining new levels of consciousness every day. You know, so I don't think there's a, a, ever going to be a perfect relationship. You know, um, sometimes the bond is strong. Sometimes it's not as strong. You know, I just think that kind of comes with the territory. And then also some things are just, you're just going to miss them. You know, I think some things just can't be replaced, you know, so I may not be able to, so let's say my breastfeeding experience with my children wasn't the best due to the lack of knowledge, you know, the different um, opiates that you're being introduced to during delivery uh, but me being able to now stand in that case for other women to have a better bonding and breastfeeding relationship with their children. That's what I'm saying. Yes, you're breaking up just a little bit. Not sure why. Oh, no, now we're good. Okay. Yeah, so, feel it, so it may not be me directly building bonds with my children, but allowing other women to, again, bond better and have a better breastfeeding relationship or better parenting relationship with their children. You know, so I think even in that, it heals certain parts of me. And then maybe it'll come when they have their children, you know? Yes, and I, I can definitely speak to the breastfeeding part. I will say that was a pivotal part in my own healing journey um, after having a C-section. It was something that helped bond me to my son because I was not able to see him in the first moments after he was born because we were separated. So breastfeeding is what helped bond us. So I think it's amazing that you are able to help other women do that and have that experience. Absolutely, teaching and educating. I always say I took two for the team. You know, it was like, you know, outside of my ego, these experiences needed to happen because I can say like, you know, as, as each day goes by, as every year goes by, breastfeeding um, in the U.S. is becoming more out in the open. You know, women are sharing, black women do breastfeed, black mothers breastfeeding association, like it's out there. You know, but in the beginning of this thing, like I was introducing it to people in my community, families, you know, even grandmothers and aunties and elders being able to bring that consciousness and knowledge and awareness into the birthing space, into their homes. You know, um, it's, it's still profound, you know, so it's kind of like some things that, again, we call trauma and they appear to be trauma and oftentimes they are, but you still kind of get a bit of a redemption, you know, in serving other people and just doing the work, doing our self-work as well. Yes. Yes. I, the transformation that you seem to have gone through in birth work is an ever evolving cycle. And I am in admiration of your story and how you help other women, because like you said, in America, now it's just becoming normalized for black women who breastfeed to be able to share their story. So you being a part of that work is it's such a blessing and so important. So thank you for that. <laughs> You're very welcome. Thank you as well. So let's talk about your work as a massage therapist, because I believe it goes hand in hand with the work that you do as a doula, not necessarily because you're literally putting hands on people, but because you're touching people um, in a way 
not just in a physical sense, but you're helping them release emotional trauma that they may have stored in their body. So what is it like for you to be a massage therapist? Listen, <laughs> I came to this planet to do massage therapy. You hear me? Yes. <laughs> It, it is a gift. Um, like, I, I don't know what happens before we come here, but it's you. You go down there and lay your hands on the masses, you know. And it's in that, like, again, I've been doing it for so long. But as, again, now each year goes by and you're going through cycles and shifts and changes. It's like, it's so much bigger than me, you know. And I learned so much. It's like, I come in contact with almost every part of a person's body, you know, what is massage therapy? Massage therapy is manipulation of the soft tissues of the body, right? Mm -hmm. But there's also the circulatory system, the hormonal system, you know, the cardiovascular system. There's the aura, you know, there's the spiritual body, like there's so the lymphatic system, the neurological system. You know, so it's not just massage. Like when I touch people, I'm touching almost every part of them, you know? And when people work with you and they're releasing, do you feel as though you're a part of their story then um, when they are releasing? I'm sure maybe they open up to you after a session or maybe more than one session with you. Nope. <laughs> Really? Wow. Well, I say that because it's just kind of like, so for me, I guess part of the work that I do is just being a conduit of the healing, right? And also with the massage therapy, what I've, what I've learned through that is one of my best forms of communication is nonverbal, right? Mm. So it's kind of like just allowing people to experience what they need to experience. Now, I'll, I'll have people like, okay, well, what did you see? Like, uh, read me, you know, well, what do you find or what do you think? And sometimes like, I don't think anything, you know, I didn't feel anything per se. So sometimes just allowing their body to do what it needs to do without us having to try to sit down and figure out what's going on, what's happening, and just let the body begin to realign itself, allowing the release to happen, the crying, the purging, and all those things without always having to understand why or what's going on, you know. Um, but I can say me wanting to know led me into psilocybin. I can't say that because it was like, you know, people are like, you know, wow, I love your work. And I have, you know, families and things that have been with me for many years. And again, postpartum pregnant, you know, I've done massages for women who were doing medically induced um, abortions, you know, um, stillbirth, just the whole postpartum. So I've always, I've always been with women in these cycles, you know, um, but it was through that where I did want to be better. I'm like, okay, if I'm having this impact on people, and to me, I'm not really doing anything super fancy or special, you know, and they're raving about the work or crying and, you know, having these experiences. What if I could see into their body and see pain or colors or meridians or trauma or, you know, whatever. And that's when, you know, through um, Ayana E., she suggested the power plants and I'm like power plants. And it ended up being the psilocybin mushrooms, you know? Um, 
So you're just being a bit of a gatekeeper also in the massage therapy space as well. You know, so I'm just creating that sacred space for people's bodies to release emotion, like you say, tension, more relaxation, bringing oxygen into the body, bringing blood flow um, into various areas of the body that be, that are stagnant, you know, or overly functioning, bringing homeostasis back into the body, back mm -hmm. into the mind, you know. How beautiful is it to have a language that you can speak with these women without using words? And, you know, it's it's so amazing to hear you that you were being guided, you know, through psilocybin to learn the language that was going on between you, like kind of being able to put two and two together to see what it is and where they're feeling these things. Uh, so to connect, you know, the, the language of being able to touch to entheogens and psilocybin it it must have just been I would think a crazy revelation to put those two together um, and working with plants in general I know we were talking specifically about psilocybin but I know that you're also you have work as an herbalist so do you ever make that connection between the two you know having the language without words speaking with plants without having to use words necessarily but you know figure out your relationship with the earth yes and so just for clarity i don't consider myself to be an herbalist um maybe i am maybe i need to look into it more but it's just like so much that i don't know you know there's so much to learn um Um, I can't I say that all herbalists, uh, whether, whether you have tons of experience or not, you're, if you work with the earth, you can consider yourself an herbalist. Now that doesn't mean by certification, of course, but I would consider you one. <laughs> Thank you. And it's one of those things, you know, but we are, we are connected to so much. And my first, one of my first loves actually is still is and was, aromatherapy mm. you know so it was through that along with the power of touch through massage therapy is the the eucalyptus the peppermint ask anybody who has gotten a massage by me like they are heavily anointed in oils <laughs> what's one of your favorite oils to use um one of my favorite oil oils to use is grapefruit oil mm, and why is that it's just a beautiful scent, you know, but when you look into it, it does lift the spirit. It does alleviate depression. I like the sweetness of it. It's light. You know, I use a lot of peppermint oil. Um, you know, I love the citrus blends as well, but sometimes the peppermint can be a little too strong, but I, I kind of do a mix. So usually when someone gets a massage by me, they're going to get hit with peppermint here. And when they get used to the peppermint, then they're getting hit with the lemon over here. And then after that, they're going to get hit with the lavender over there. So I'm creating like a bit of a cocktails when I'm um, in that space. So again, that was my first plant medicine that I used to facilitate healing and breath work and clarity naturally just through scent. Yes, and I had to ask about the grapefruit because I've used it before and I would say it is um, 
it heightens the senses when you smell it at first. It puts you not on like a, a high anxiety type of alert, but an alertness where you start to sense everything else around you. So I'm a fan of grapefruit too, for sure. It's beautiful. It's just a beautiful. So when you see things beautiful or just smell different things beautiful, anything beautiful being reflected onto you, it does kind of perk you up a little bit like, hey, wow, like this is nice. Yes. So you are outside of the state. So that must be a completely different experience than what we have going on here. And we know there's a lot of turmoil going on, especially with women going on right now. So I'm curious in the time that you've spent in Jamaica, where you are now, uh, how do the traditions working with plants and, and fungi differentiate than here? Uh, which is for me or for like the, the community or the collective? Um, it could just be an observation, at least in the community that you've been involved with. Um, I think here people are still, you know, learning as it relates to the psilocybin. You know, it's kind of a newer awareness. You know, ganja is the heavy thing here and a lot of um, indigenous herbs that grow here. So a lot of roots, a lot of tonics and things like that. Psilocybin, not so much, um, you know, as far as my level of awareness here, I'm still learning a lot. There's a lot that I haven't experienced. There's a lot of places that I have yet to experience, but it seems like a lot of the outsiders are bringing the psilocybin in and maybe introducing it to people here that have not begun to cultivate it and learn more about it and share it with their families. You know, um, I can say that, and, and I'm still, I'm, I'm a bit stuck in my own like space. <laughs> right, I can understand that. I won't say like a bubble, but, you know, kind of focusing on my, my own well-being here. Um, what was I going to say? Hmm. Uh, you'll have to come back. I'm sorry. Of course. Take your time. Uh, oh, so, oh, oh. oh, go ahead. Go ahead. The vibration here, right? Yes. So I, I and, and I don't know if this is exactly on topic. You know, it's a little late. So audience, bear with me a bit. Um, this is an island that's designed for healing. It's a healing oasis, you know? The environment here is so beautiful. It just flourishes naturally. It's naturally abundant. You know, and I see that in the U.S., the vibration is of a lower vibration there. You know what I'm saying? So there may be a lack of awareness as it relates to psychedelics here, but the people, not to say that they don't need it, but they have a lot of things that pour into them. You know, I can say when I was first here for five or six months and we went back to the States, um, flying in through Detroit, I said, ah, now I see why everybody says they're depressed. And I'm not sure who picked me up from the airport and they were like, why? I said, there's no trees. That was my number one observation was the lack of trees and lushness in the environment. So now finding out how all that information is just here, it's like in the air, you can't help it. It's a naturally detoxifying environment. Like you, you just sweat. Like you come here and within 24 hours, your skin tone changes. Like you, you morph into a healthier being within 24 hours. And you may not have ever touched the beach as yet or really been out it's just the vibrational difference 
Yeah, I, I completely understand when you say that because trees feed off that oxygen. And when we don't have that, when we're deprived of that and, you know, it's replaced with big buildings and cities and then no one's going outside anymore. It's, how can you even remember that relationship with nature, you know? Yes. And it's just, it's, it's beautiful. And it's like, that's why I'm like, I don't ever want to leave. Of course I will leave. And of course I have to, but once we continue to do the self work and operating from our highest self, we'll begin to move around and stay in places that reflect our highest nature. Why would you live anywhere or do anything else? You know? So it's like me being here and I'm oftentimes alone you know, or maybe not so much alone, but don't have like my people that I feel are my friends or whatever around. It's like, we have to put on the big girl panties and the big girl draws and start um, living a better quality of life, period. Yes. And what, what would you say living there has brought out of you in the time that you've spent there and the differences that you've seen in yourself? Um... Being more connected to myself, you know, like I say, even with less massage therapy, less friends, less family, um, less stepping into the healing space for other people has allowed me to heal myself in ways that I didn't even know. You know, it allows the space for the subconscious to come forth and nature to show you things and for it to reflect itself back to you to see yourself, you know, to bask in your magic, to bask in your beauty and to not be as overly stimulating. Yes. The overstimulation is bananas. You know, so that's like now I'm working my way into moving into the hills because even still here on the island with the development and the rapid development that's soon to come. Um, you got to get out of here. It's getting loud. The trucks with the with the bricks and the bikes. It's like shit It's loud around here sometimes. <laughs> So it's like to stay on that path, like living amongst the gods where the air is pure, right? So like you say, with the oxygen in the air, that's just typically what we're being taught is about the oxygen and the carbon dioxide that we exchange with the trees. But we're not aware of what else is in the air, you know? I'll share this quick story. Um, being up in the hills, we were doing some camping there, maybe five to six days out of the week. And... We didn't have any like electricity up there. We had running water, but it was from a pipe that we ran from the river and the river was so strong. So we just had like a source of strong water. But one night we were up there and we were trying to get like the solar lights to work at night. And once the lights came on, you should see all of this like stuff like floating around. It almost looked like mist of water, but like just these particles floating around. And that's when I realized there's just so much information in the air that we breathe. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So it's like when, you know, being on the outside now too, and still the inside too, when it comes to healing, it's like you have to be in places that are designed for healing. To where when the sun shines on you, there's a certain amount of vitamin D and other energies emitting from the sun that have a direct impact on you. So when you breathe in the air that there's certain information being communicated to all the organs and cells in and of your body, we're lacking that in a lot of these spaces. 
And you must be reading my mind because that was one thing I did want to touch on was environment. So you are on an island, so you're surrounded by water. And being a doula, I'm sure you know how feminine water is and working with it. So in that and being around water, do you ever since the connection being there and in the work that you do being surrounded by so much water all the time um i guess i haven't looked at it directly that way like i'm pisces so i love the water you know i don't swim in it that's a whole nother different story but it's just something about the the spirit of the water the power, the beauty, like it's the spot that I love going to. It, it's very magical. It's just like, it's at its perfect dynamic, like one degree off or elevation, whatever all these fancy breakdowns we have the things, like it could flood this whole island. Like what's making it not do that, you know? And it just knows right when to go to the shore and then when to come back. It's just, it's, it's dynamic and a lot like the human body as well. Like the more that I learn, I just shake my head. Like, how have we just gone to these old white men to, to tell us everything about the body? They don't know shit <laughs> about a woman's body and a vagina and just the consciousness of the human. Yes, yes, yes. If they knew so, if they knew so much, they would not be in a constant state of destruction and devastation. It just wouldn't be so. And we are right in the middle of cancer season, which is all about the feminine water energy and all of that. And sometimes, you know, when I'm thinking about all these things that we're going through right now that these older white men in power have, it's it's almost that they fear it because sometimes you fear the water, you know, when you're standing in the ocean or, or by the water, you see how strong and powerful it is. It can overtake anything within a second, but there are times where it draws back and, you know, comparing that to feminine energy, we could take over the entire world if we wanted to, but we also know when to withhold our power. So I feel like that's something that you might possibly be teaching people and have learned both in massage therapy and in doula work. Mm. Being able to take that power back. I, that's one thing I always felt within my own birth journey, both of them. I'm not sure um, if you can resonate with yours, but being in tune with the water that's already within our bodies. We know humans are made up mostly of water anyway, but knowing when to step into that power and when to retreat, but still being a very powerful being. So that's how I see you right now. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and I, I would like to add to when just allowing that power to be its own entity as well, you know, because it can overtake you. It often does overtake us. You know, there's a part of it that definitely needs to be I think there's a fine line with the words fear and respect that we use. That's like me. Anybody know me? I don't fool around in that water like that. It's too unpredictable. It's so many millions and trillions of things and beings and entities and particles and nanoparticles down there. So I'll kind of, I'm working my way into that. And I know through um, 
like I may have shared this with you before, I don't know, my childhood friend drowned when we were children, right? Yes. Share a quick story with you. So, you know, and maybe between five and seven years old, I just remember, and not verbatim, but my parents were my mom and my aunts coming up from like a small hill and they were like sobbing and wailing and falling all out and Duran had drowned behind the YMCA, you know? And here I am many years later, not fooling with the water and realized, wait a minute, maybe my fear of water is because of Duran, right? So I go into this, um, and I may have talked to my mom before, and I said, well, mom, you know, when Duran passed away, what happened? What did I do? She said, girl, we were such a mess. She said, you just stood on the corner and you were just frozen because they were such a mess, you know? Mm -hmm. So through that, I hadn't realized that I hadn't grieved the loss of my friend in over 30 years, you know, so I, you know, went into the medicine space and I don't think it was like directly to process that particular trauma. But I mean, I had to go back and cry those tears that I didn't cry, you know, or understand or mourn or hold that space of grief for myself and him. Like over 30 years I have been carrying that around and didn't make the connection, you know. So that's why I'm always so honored and and grateful to have psilocybin as a tool you know in this walk of life to help you to process so much of the subconscious so much that we don't know and so much that we may not be ready to process at certain times you see what i'm saying i could maybe been a depressed child or suicidal or, or any other thing if i would have been carrying it at the forefront of my mind you know, so it's like we're in the space where we have to know everything. We have to understand everything. Everything has to make sense. And it's really not allowing room for the unknown. You know, even in the birthing space, I talk about that a lot more. Now it's like you got to leave space for the unknown. You know, oh, well, I'm going to go get the book, what to expect when I'm expecting. And, you know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. As we know, birthing plans and what we want to do, what we think should happen. And that's fine. We should have that. I'm not taking anything away from that. But we must leave room for the unknown. And allowing it to work its magic, allowing it to grow us up in areas that we didn't know we needed to grow up, allowing us to gain strength in areas where we didn't know where we were weak. Um, so just saying, just again, leave that room for the unknown because it has its own magic and technology and consciousness. Yes, you, you've literally taken my breath away with this story. And if you don't mind just for respect for both you and the friend that you lost. I just like to take a, a couple moments of silence just to honor both your friend and what you've been through and what you found in yourself. So we'll just for a few breaths, just wait for a second and let's honor your friend and honor you in this moment. Thank you. Of course. So we have spoken a lot, both about, about birth work and then the power of nature in itself. 
So in your journey now through psilocybin, I'd like to talk about how you decided to start your podcast speaking about this, um, the subject that is, it's well known, but still unknown by so many. What inspired you to start your own podcast? Well, look at me, my voice, my voice is shaking. (laughs) Well, it's like, I am so passionate about so many things, right? And I can honestly say that the podcast still does not reflect as yet what I really wanted to, you know. Um, There are a lot of podcasts out there now. You know, everybody is kind of, you know, have their theories and, and experiences, but it's just like there's a part of me that wants to share and talk about it, but then there's just certain things too that, you know, we just, just still trying to find the balance with that and expression. So again, that I'm, I'm better at nonverbal communication. So it's still taking me some time to take how I truly feel about things and um, share that with the world in a way that I feel is, is sufficient. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm not always even sometimes able to express how I really feel in this English language. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, mm, just more being about the work and doing the work more than I talk about it, you know? But it, it, it just came from a place of passion and just really wanting to have a common space for us to come and talk about psilocybin and talk about pregnancy. You know, I think I may have been one of the people, you know, a bit in the forefront of giving myself permission as well as others to talk about psilocybin and pregnancy and birth and cesarean. So again, it's just a a divine portal. Uh, It's called the Entheogenic Midwife Podcast. And I just wanted a divine space, again, a portal for us us to get to know one another and share our experiences and share our tools, psilocybin and, and other things that have helped us along the way. You know, so we can find common people and find our spirit family and not get lost amongst all the shuffle. And I think that's what I, a bit of what I was trying to explain. And even in that, when you're bringing divine wisdom and blessings and information that come to shift paradigms, you kind of come up against some opposition. You know, I had some fire interviews that disappeared in the thin air. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Or you're getting ready to do an interview and your children start acting up or just things start happening when you're trying to relay these messages. Yes, I I can resonate with that right now in my own life. And I I would also like to say with your podcast, um, telling my story, I, I decided to start telling my story via social media because I had experienced something that completely blew my mind that I did not know that I could feel during pregnancy. And being asked by you to speak about my experiences on your podcast, it made me feel not only seen in the world, not just as someone who had utilized psilocybin, but as someone who saw the connection in birth with using it at the same time, if that makes sense. Um, you, connecting those both, the, the experience of high awareness and clarity and mixing that in a time where, 
you know, in pregnancy, you can feel lost at times. You're carrying a whole nother soul in your body. So I would like to not only acknowledge, but thank you for not only letting me share my story, but getting to connect with you because I believe I've heard you say this in an episode of your podcast that a lot of Black people do not know that this medicine is also for them and that it serves them. And it did wonders in opening up so many closed doors in my life. So hearing you speak about that with other people and just even providing that platform in general with birth work was absolutely and is absolutely still amazing. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and one thing that's that's funny or interesting is it's a real thing, though. It's a reality. It's like coming from a small town, high school dropout, GD graduate, <laughs> GD certification, you know, it's kind of like people. And again, this, this could just be my perception, but people don't really listen to you. They do, but just based on programming, they're kind of like, mm-hmm. but when they see sometimes white people or other people support you and put you on their platforms, now you, now you know what you're talking about, you know? So part of that too, with the podcast, it's like, it's, it's, it's just not my podcast. It's for all of us to share and, you know, a person may not resonate with me, but, you know, you may be 100% on point with what they need, you know, or someone else on the podcast. So it was just, you know, a mutual place of fellowship and sharing and reflection. Yes. And I, I will say, even though I like to emphasize, like, like you just did that, if this could be for anyone, anyone who resonates with it or needs it at the time, it can be for them. But I would like to say here and now on the Tailored Healing Collective podcast, how powerful <laughs> it is to have you here, a bl- another Black woman with both of us talking about psilocybin, because I have never in my life seen that growing up from no one, not even cannabis. I don't see that. At least now it's becoming more popularized because we're more modern times and, you know, this industry is booming. But to get to talk about this healing power and then speak out to the world about it with us here today, that's something that's going to be talked about years from now. And it's not about the being well known or, you know, who hears it, but it's the fact that it's out there at all. That's true. Very true. Thank you for that. Um, And I'd like to add with that, for me, in my personal work, observations, the families that I've served, it's kind of like a common theme that I'm seeing is the lack of self-confidence and self-worth and value. You guys may, you know, hear me talk about that, but it's kind of like I can say my experiences and coupled with psilocybin have assisting me in tapping more into my truth, into my voice, you know, gaining more self-confidence, self-worth and self-value as well. You know, and it's kind of like, again, I see a lot of us lacking that and needing permission to step into our higher self. So again, thank you for bringing that awareness even back to me, because I often forget or say, oh, well, the you know, the podcast could do better, but like you say, it's doing exactly what it needs to do. Yes, and even in it being just a podcast, I believe there's a history that is resurfacing in itself because we know that this 
medicine has been on the earth for years and for it to resurface in these conversations now in a time where at least here in America where so many women are feeling stripped of their power it does not matter black brown white in America right now millions of women are feeling stripped of their power and completely alone right now so speaking about psilocybin I believe will open them up to think not just thinking but also believing that their power is still here it's not gone it was never taken away now obviously if we're talking about a political aspect of course but spiritually and truly their power is there and it's growing and getting stronger every day and it's it's people and women specifically like you who are working with other women and working with families that are awakening them back to this power again. And it's through the clarity that psilocybin grants us, right? Yes, I have this poem that I wrote and I don't know it, I don't have it memorized, but it's psilocybin remembers. You know, and all of this that's happening in the world, all these illusions are here to remind us of who we are. The good, the bad, the ugly, what's fair, what's not fair, what's wonderful and what's fucked up. It's all us. You know, so we have to make sure that we're not being dis distracted by these delusions. It, it's, it's so important right now, you know, I don't have a television, but our cell phones and, and computers are, are our televisions, but we have to almost have tunnel vision right now. Yes. You know, it's so starting so important and listening to that intuition and inner guidance right now. You know, and, and I feel it for me. That's why I'm here, you know, but I don't know. I don't know. I know. You, you understand what I'm saying? It's just yeah. like we have, to, we have to do something different. Like they're on some whole other stuff. And that's why I don't get into it too much. You don't see I may comment here and there or share something here or there sometime, but we have to not be involved with their stuff, you know, we, you know, refer to the mushrooms as the food of the gods, right? Mm -hmm. I consider myself to be a goddess based on my abilities to abilities and powers to create, bring forth life and destroy, right? Also, as far as me being accountable for my life and my creations and my reality. And it's like once we come into that awareness as gods and goddesses, we must govern ourselves accordingly. And when we do that, we're not affected by certain things in the world. We, we're, we're not open to it. We're in a different level of, of being, you know, we're privy to other types of technology and cleansing and purification and clarity. And we have to stick with those things and we have to stick together. You know, COVID, whatever, it, it, it's creating a divide, a split that is needed. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the, the stories of enslaved Africans where, you know, they say they brought different, um, you know, Africans from all over the place and put them all together in different traditions and language and spirituality systems and mumbled them all up together. So now you're around people who you normally wouldn't even talk to. Now you having children with men or women who you never even would have given the time of day political views, ways of raising our children, what type of environments that we should move in, planting our own food. We're all mumbled and jumbled up together. 
And in that, sometimes we appear to be identifying with one another through social media and trends and, and whatever, but it's time for the gods and goddesses to really separate ourselves and, um, again, govern ourselves accordingly based on what serves us best. We can't be distracted by this foolishness and, and fuckery because it takes away, potentially takes away or slows down the impact of what it is that we came to this planet to do and be. Absolutely. So one other thing that I did want to touch on today that you actually just mentioned was that you wrote a poem. Now, before I even knew about your podcast, I read a poem by you, but I did not know that it was by you. And it was in this amazing book called Psychedelic Mysteries of the Feminine. It, it, the synchronicity was amazing. I, I didn't even know who you were, but I'd already written or read your words. And when you told me that, when you sent me the message with the picture, I was like, oh my gosh, that's crazy that she's in this book and she's written these words. Can you tell us just a little bit about that? Yes. So um, 2017, uh, Baba Kalindi, E and I and a few others, we went to London and we spoke at the uh, I can't even think of the conference now, but it's like one of the largest psychedelic conferences in the world. And it was held in like Greenwich, London, London, Greenwich. So we went there and we, you know, we toured, we spoke, we had a wonderful time. And I met a woman there and she's like, well, I'm writing this book on the divine feminine mysteries. And I would love for you to, you know, write or put a piece of work in there. So I was like, okay, sure, I would love to. So, you know, we get back to the States and as time goes and goes and you're experiencing different things. Like I literally didn't write a piece. I kind of forgot the deadline came and I was like, you know, you know how you kind of screw up and it's like the deadline is there and now you looking like a, you looking crazy. So I'm like, I didn't write it, but I do have these poems that I wrote. And the lady was like, oh, sure. And I submitted them. She loved them and put them in the book. But those were created through um, some of the work that I was doing with the psilocybin and my menstrual blood. So it, it just ended up I guess being exactly what it needed needed to be. It was already done. It was already based all, out of a, a psilocybin experience and just sharing about the powers of the womb and shamanism and our blood and our power. And yeah, I laugh because when I, you know, it was like we were already vibing through, you know, online and you listening to the affirmations and you being pregnant and being like a perfect representation of our work. You know, so then you're on there with the book, and I'm like, the book, like, do you know I have a piece in there? So I thought that was cool, you know, two poems in there. So that was a wonderful opportunity. And one of my weaknesses, if you want to call it that, is I, I don't celebrate myself enough, my accomplishments. It's like I, it comes so natural. I just kind of like roll through them, but right, you know, having your works published in the book is a big deal. You know, it is something to be proud of. It is something worth being celebrated. So when you when you reflected back that that back unto me, it allowed me another opportunity to be grateful and to, you know, be happy and celebrate through that. So again, thank you again for being that mirror. Of course. I actually just made a social media post today and the caption was, Did you give yourself your flowers today? 
I'm in this season myself in my life where I'm realizing all my life I've been giving other people their credit where it's due and I've never honored myself. So to hear you say, you know, you don't always give yourself your flowers, please do, because here today I'm I giving you bouquets. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. But I think I give myself more of the literal flowers. I'm a flower girl. You know, I was picking some pomegranate flowers today from a tree. So I guess I do in that way. You know, um, even when I was in the States, like different types of flowers and things grow here. But every week I would buy myself a fresh bouquet or two of flowers and split them up and put them around the home just to be that constant representation of beauty. And like you say, I didn't realize like literally in the way you put it, like I have been giving myself my flowers and I love giving people flowers. You know, whenever people have babies or they aren't feeling well or, or partners, you know, even with Baba Kalindi passing away, I remember giving him a rose before. And it's like, you know, we have to stand in that, um, just in the giving of flowers. There's beauty and power in that. Yes. We are flowers. Our vaginas are flowers, you know. I love that. That's one of my favorite analogies. So I thank you so much for being here today and speaking with us. I, again, I believe this is going to touch the lives of so many, um, especially so many women who need to hear things like this right now to know their own power, to know there is healing and so many lessons to be learned, not only from psilocybin, but in birth work as well. So I would love for anyone who is listening to be able to connect with you. Are there any ways specifically that you would like people to reach out if they'd like to listen to you again or connect with you outside of the book or outside of your affirmations, your beautiful affirmations that I love, by the way, that are available, I know, on, um, it's on Spotify, at least. I'm not sure about Apple. Thank you. Yes, there's um, the Entheogenic Midwife youtube um where the affirmations are um my email serenity is sweet at yahoo.com i'm on instagram you can leave messages there people do even on facebook the messenger there i have a sweet serenity company page you know we find each other i'm here dms are always welcome and yes, I will link all your information in the show notes for everyone, because I know that there are going to be people trying to reach you. And even in your bubble, I know, because we all have one, um, at least a lot of us do, who are more people who keep to ourselves because we have a lot of spiritual power that we kind of keep reserved a lot. I know that people reach out to you. So everyone, you'll be able to link with um, Omalewa in the show notes. Thank you again for being here today. And until next time, this is the Taylor Healing Collective Podcast. Don't forget to let love lead the way. Peace.
It brought you here in this moment to realize who you are. You are an alchemist. Leave behind what no longer serves you. Remember, your physical body is only a system of transportation for the soul. Allow yourself to feel and forgive the past to move forward into the future. Connect with the self that wants to take chances to explore and be. Allow this version of you to become rooted in its new environment and surroundings to grow. Become a vibrational match to your desires. Take the hand of your old self and lead them into a new future. Feel yourself at peace, in flow, in tune, and at one with all that there is and all that there will be. The rhythm of the universe. It takes form inside of your soul. It is a vibration so powerful and intricate that it created you. Breathe. One, two, three.